Welcome to Joy in Learning, a podcast from the Harley School in Rochester, New York. We're an independent school for nursery through grade 12, where there's always lots of interesting learning going on for us to share with you. For today's episode, I spoke with Dr. Joel Pasternak about his upcoming Common Speaker Series talk called Become Energy Smart. Enjoy! I'm here with Joel Pasternak, who is going to be speaking at the Common Speaker Series. Uh, he's going to be talking about energy, helping us understand what energy, what units of energy mean, uh, what all those sort of daily things that we see in terms of energy, with an eye towards sustainability. And we'll, we'll get back to that a little bit later. But first, Joel, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me today. Thank you for having me. Uh, so my first question to you, which is a very basic one, but also <laughs> a bit of a loaded question, uh, what does sustainable energy mean and I'll, I'll I'll make that a little more specific how would you define sustainable energy well to me sustainable energy would be energy that you could picture using indefinitely that that there isn't going to be a limit where we're going to at some point have to plan because we're going to run out we're going to have to change the paradigms that we're using because we're going to run out of energy sustainable energy would be using something which we don't picture that we would run out of that's a, that's a wonderfully succinct way of describing that. Um, what sort of things would you think the average person, or in our case, maybe Harley student, should understand about sustainable energy and about energy use in general, um, both now and going forward? I think the most important thing that I'd like the, the students to understand is how efficient and a powerful gasoline is and why it is that we have become so dependent upon it and to understand that in terms of other ways of generating extra energy like the solar panels that are on the roof like like a wind turbine that we might put up um like pedaling a bicycle and and recapturing the the energy that we're 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 generating by doing that um so I think that from the from the student side, when I talk to the students about this, I emphasize them learning the basic physics about work, energy, and power. Work and energy are interchangeable. They're different views of the same thing, and power is energy per unit time. There are lots of different units, and I would like the students to learn that in any anything that you're measuring it's always important to know what the units are because it changes tremendously. Um, and so uh, if, if we could get to them to understand what the units are, then we can start talking about a, a problem like how much energy do we use in the commons? How much energy do we use in, the, in, in our car driving back and forth? How much energy do we use in our house? And how would that compare to solar energy? How much available energy is there from solar? What are the, what are the things that make solar uh, wonderful and uh, sustainable? And what are the things that are problematic? And more specifically, um, can, just to do a rough calculation or estimate to have an, an, uh, some understanding of how, much, how big a solar panel you would need to do a certain job. Now, one of the things that you mentioned there is, is getting students to understand uh, a bit about the language. Uh, there is a whole language around sustainability and energy. Are, are there things in particular that you would want folks to understand so that they can hear experts who are talking about sustainability and energy and, and so that folks can understand what they're saying? Is there a way that people can educate themselves? 
Well, I think it's a complicated topic, and there are some basic things. For example, to understand that a little small solar cell that's the size of the top of a book could charge your phone, but if it were going to charge your car, it would take weeks to charge the car. And so that they could be able to have some sense of proportion in terms of these energy units so that if somebody is talking about an innovation to see how it would fit in in terms of its size. Is it going to make a tremendous difference, save a lot of, save all your energy, or is it going to be just a, just a small increment? Would it just affect your small uh, um, you know, small uh, units of uh, energy that you need. For example, my watch doesn't have a regular battery. It just works on sunlight. But but what's really true about my watch is, is I'd like the students to recognize the reason they're able to do that is it takes very little power to power a watch compared to driving a car. And so one of the concepts that we would like them to get right off the beginning is that, for example, you couldn't make a solar car with um, a big enough solar panel to drive anything like any car they've ever been in. And so they should be able to understand that and calculate that and keep that in their mind. So if somebody is talking about using solar, then they have some concept of the scale. Uh, now, as you speak about that, it's, it's making me think, are there, are there any, without using any specific brand names or um, without pitching anything, um, are there any current technologies that you see that will help to either reclaim or, uh, or generate power today? Well, okay, so I have a conflict of interest because I have a hybrid plug-in car. And I, I had previously had a hybrid which which got between 40 and 50 miles a gallon. And I would like the students to understand that the main uh, engineering brilliance is the fact that they figured out how to uh, have the engine start and stop and still work well and recapture the energy from braking into electric energy to run the car. Um, the engine that actually is part of the hybrid car is no is not that much different from a regular car action engine, but the thing that makes it get 50 miles a, a gallon is because it saves energy when you coast and, and, um, and, and when you brake. So I have that conflict of interest. I think that's an interesting technology, but I'm also open to the discussion that on balance, a, an efficient gas-powered car is 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 a close second, or or could be comparable, because of because the energy doesn't come for free. Either there's it comes from if if the energy from that I use to to uh, charge my car because I have a chargeable hybrid, if that energy came from a coal burning uh, power plant, then then you'd have to consider that as far as what the real effect is on the environment. And so for kids, one of the things that they always should ask themselves, what would happen if everybody did what I'm doing? So I think that would be an important thing for them to think about is if everybody had an electric car, how would that change the electric infrastructure and generation of electricity? Mm -hmm. I think that's an excellent point. Um, so how did you make that decision uh, to go with so do you, do you use a full uh, a, a hybrid or a plug-in electric it, it's a plug-in hybrid in other words my car I charge it every night I charge it just at night when um, and it takes about five hours to fully charge 
Um, and the students could figure out how, how, if I told them that it's just a regular outlet, they could figure out about the size of the battery, how much energy the battery stores from that. And, and I can go about 20 or 25 miles on just electric. And after that, then it becomes a hybrid and the engine kicks in and out as it did, as, as its traditional hybrid does. So what was it that that caused you to make that decision? What, what do you think was the tipping point to go from that um, fuel-efficient gasoline car over to the plug-in hybrid? Um, quite honestly, it was two things. That One of them is that the car itself is very, very nice. It's a very nice car, and I like it just for itself. All things otherwise considered. The second thing is I like the idea to have the option if we were ever in a situation where we didn't we couldn't get gasoline that I could and we had electricity I could travel short distances um, with that and I could respond to that I also like the idea of trying this technology which I thought was pretty amazing that that for, for the part of my driving that city driving um, back and forth to work I don't have to contribute to any pollution to the city um, and so I recognize that overall there is pollution associated with production of my car and with production of electricity, but at least the city driving, I'm not contributing to pollution. Okay. Um, now, it, we, it's timely that we're having this conversation today, and this question's a little touchy because it, it can tend to get political, and we try to we want to try and remain as apolitical as possible. However, it is a political issue. Um, just yesterday, there was a decision made by the current administration to uh, remove some regulation um, regarding coal plants. Um, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that decision, and do you think that it will actually create more jobs, or um, is it possible that there would be more jobs in potential uh, renewable sources? Well, I guess the main thing that I can add to this is that natural gas and gasoline, including diesel, is is actually uh, has more energy per per pound than coal does. Coal is more abundant, and so that's the trade-off. And so there's going to be a, a, a trade-off there. I, I would try in my discussion to stay out of the politics because I I would like people to be at least at the stage where they could understand the characteristics of energy and understand why it is that, for example, uh, an expensive chainsaw with it that runs on a battery that's that's big can't run as long as a as a chainsaw that runs on gasoline that has a cup of gas in it. And so I think that what's happening with coal, um, I, I think that probably natural gas and diesel are, are probably more efficient energy sources. I think the bad thing about coal is that it's as a it's the pollution that's that's concomitant with burning it and i think everybody understands that and recognizes that um i i think that this thing will have to play itself out um i think uh, but it's hard to um it's hard for me to know where there'd be more jobs but i i, I personally think that there's going to be more jobs and more potential to generate energy from uh, wind and solar and so on but um, certainly there will be uh, areas where coal will continue to be used because it's, it's abundance. It's so abundant. Um, 
Okay. Well, um, to switch gears a little bit, um, it, we talked about a little bit about what you were going to be talking about next month in the Common Speaker Series. Could you give us just a brief overview of what you're going to be discussing there as a bit of a preview? Well, just as a preview, what I wanted to do is I wanted to start off by you know, asking the group, I was going to bring in my own gas and electric bill, and I was going to show them that I've paid 12, uh, 13 cents per kilowatt hour, and I paid um, uh, 75 cents a therm for gas. And what's the difference there? Why is it that, that my neighbor who's a, a, a landlord and has multiple uh, dryers, he says you have to get a gas dryer. It's much cheaper. But I've looked there, I've seen 75 cents per therm, and then I'm seeing 12 cents per, per kilowatt hour. How do I compare that? And so um, one of the things that I wanted to do is list a whole bunch of terms that we've all heard, calories, ergs, um, dine centimeters, uh, watts, watt hours, kilowatt hours, mega, megawatt generators, um, all of these terms that we hear, as well as power terms, uh, horsepower, um, uh, watts, um, megawatts, kilowatts. How does that all relate? Foot-pounds per second. How does that all relate to each other? And why do we have all these different terms that, that are describing similar things and what's the difference? And, and incidentally, what does it mean when it says a battery has five amp hours? What does that mean? Is the size of the battery. So I would like to sort of um, briefly try to describe for people what are the energy units, what they are, how you compare them, how you can go from one to the other because they're measuring the same thing. Um, what are the power units? Um, and, and also what's the electric units? And what do they mean by things like amp hours as the life of a battery? Well, I think that's wonderful information, and I am certainly looking forward to uh, to hearing your talk. So I want to thank you for taking time out to talk with me today. Um, I appreciate it, and I'm sure our audience is going to appreciate it as well. Okay. Thanks a lot, Joel. Thanks for joining us today on Joy in Learning, the Harley Schools podcast. We look forward to sharing interesting stories, discussing educational topics, and exploring ideas with you on our next episode. See you again soon.